The Movie Morgue podcast is made possible through the support of our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you'd like to learn more about how to support our show, please go to patreon.com slash And now for this week's episode. Just wash it all, wash it all away, it won't you. Ladies and gentlemen, fighters of all genders, welcome to the Movie Morgue, your premier movie autopsy podcast. I'm your host, Jess Whitmore. And I'm your co-host and producer, Annie. And joining us, friend of the show, it's been way too long, Steve Dennis. Say hi, Steve. Woo! It's me! What's up? Uh, it has back. been way too long, Steve. We're so glad to have you back. And today, we're Steve, We Steve has brought us the most wonderful film, the most precious of children. Okay, we're done. I, am, oh, I love this. Okay. I am so sorry I could for do that all day. dear listeners. I am so very, very sorry. <laughs> I'm uh, not. Yeah, I'm definitely not sorry. We know, and this this is why you're going to The Hague, Steve. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, okay, so... This is why I'm a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> I will so, yell um, into microphones. Uh, okay, so anyways, let's talk a little bit about context. Um... Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Mortal Kombat is, kind of what your relationship to is to both, I guess, the film and the you know game franchise as a whole. Well, I was born in the 90s, so I mean, that says it all right there. I was born in 1990. Me and my friends grew up playing Mortal Kombat. Literally, this movie, I was watching this, and all I wanted to do was call my my friends from the 90s and just be like, Dude, we need to play some Mortal Kombat! Because <laughs> I remember sitting in their basement playing Mortal Kombat, completely unable to do fatalities, getting my butt kicked horribly every time because they had the game and I didn't. But just uh, having the time the, of my the life. The classic experience. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, pretty absolutely. good. Absolutely. So, yeah, that, that's what this movie is to me. This movie is my childhood, Aww. hanging out with my best friends, and, like, just in general, like, nostalgia. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, considering this, this whole franchise is... This is my childhood distilled. Considering this, this franchise is predicated... <laughs> Considering that this whole franchise is predicated on ripping people's spines out, this is surprisingly heartwarming. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you've ever had your spine ripped out, but that's pretty warming. <laughs> so, Annie, um, do you, what, what do you have anything contextually about Mortal Kombat? Uh, okay, so true story. I, once again, thought that this film was another film that I had watched. Turns out, I have only seen the second Mortal Kombat movie, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> and I thought that that was the first one for some reason, because I legit have not seen it since the late 90s. So you missed out on the most amazing Christopher Lambert performance ever? Oh, Screw Highlander. Oh, yeah. This is where it's at. I 100% oh, missed that. I I was so shocked to see him in this. So, yeah, this was kind of a delight because it was something that was new. Even though it's something that I knew of during the 90s and was kind of like peripheral to it. Yeah. I, it was just freaking great. I'll let you in on a little secret. Uh-huh. I watched this one second. Oh. I watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation first. Oh, Okay. Jax was literally my favorite character to play as in the game because of that movie. I had not seen this movie for a lot longer. Look, Jax has taken the best stance towards social justice, so I think it's fair to say that he's also our favorite character. Fair. Yeah. Fair. And Chuds get mad. Mm-hmm. Boop, boop, boop. But wait a sec, Jax, what's Anyways, your relationship uh, to this film? Like, did you play the games when you were Okay, there? so... All right, so here's the thing. Um, this kind of relates to like, my childhood in a more general sense because... I didn't have a console until the PlayStation, and even then, I got that second hand from a cousin with, like, five games and never got anything more for it. Um, because I lived in Thailand, and, like, international game distribution was not at the stage where it is now. Oh, okay. So, yeah. um, there was a lot of rampant piracy, there was a lot of difficulty in acquiring games. Um, for example, I had a lot of friends, actually, 
um, because they didn't speak English or Japanese, uh, it was easier to import Japanese games, and they would just memorize menus. Huh. Um, so I mean, people still do that. So absolutely no, but like, um, so you know, like international logistics wasn't the way it is. So like, I've played like a couple of the Mortal Kombat's over the years, but I never owned any of them. And because of the way Bangkok is kind of structured, it's super metropolitan, super dense, and you basically can't go anywhere without a car. So as a child, I didn't have the mood. I couldn't, like, you know, pop off down the street to my best friend's house because my best friend also lived two hours away from school. Oh. You know, it was kind of a rough situation. Okay. So I yeah. – and that, that actually informs a lot more than just my relationship to Mortal Kombat because, you know, like, you know no mobility, no self-determination as a child, blah, 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 blah. Therapy hour for Jess. Um, so no, but, like – I've enjoyed them, and they kind of had a mystical quality to me when I was growing up. However, this film, I have more of a relationship to the games. I also have a, this contentious relationship with fighting games where I beat people who don't play them, and I get absolutely my shit pushed in by people who play them competitively. So I don't... Welcome I to love them. every fighting game. <laughs> I know. I love fighting, fighting games. I just don't like playing them. Because I don't have 40 hours to get my ass whooped to be, like, a basic contender, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, like, I uh, the buy-in is too steep. Scene, so I get you. The, the buy-in is too steep. But I stand Sonic Fox forever. Oh, I mean, I think all of us do. Yes. I think we all do. Oh, we absolutely Especially do. after that Evo performance. That was just incredible. Beautiful. Now, as I was saying, though, um, and this is, this is going to be very funny to a lot of people because movie channels aren't the same in Thailand, or at least they weren't in the late 90s and early 2000s. Because here's the thing, like, I watched a lot of movies on Cinemax because it doesn't show softcore pornography in Thailand. <laughs> there's Cinemax, there's HBO's, oh. there was Stars. Those were the three networks that would just show movies around the clock once we got cable. So, like, I caught this movie and the other one on these. I have never owned these movies, but I've seen them at least probably, like, twice each over the course of my childhood. Okay. And I have somewhat fond memories of them. Well, I mean, how could you not with that soundtrack, right? But yeah, no, it was delightful. I definitely have not seen this in like ten years, so it was a blast. And speaking of blast, let's um, let's just go ahead and actually like review this, um, and kind of say what we thought. And Steve, I'd like to start with you, if that's okay. Well, in case you couldn't tell from that opening, I love this movie. Faults and all, I love this movie. I know it has faults. There is a lot of dumb stuff in this movie, and it's a lot of decisions I would never have made, like. <clears throat> Um, oh, I don't know, Sonya Blade in general? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So what would you get? I just realized you might not have been on since we started doing letter grades. Yeah. Oh, snap. It's been that long, huh? Oh, letter grades. Yeah. Okay, I can give this a letter grade. I can dig this. So, letter grade. For this, I'd give this an A-. minus. It's fun schlock. Okay. Which, for me, that's some of the best in the world. Hell yes. Annie, where are you putting this one? Um, do you know what? I think that this is going to be sitting right below Steve's at around a B plus. And my reason for the rating is more about the experience of watching it than it is necessarily about the film itself. Um, I think that the film is, like Steve says, fun schlock. But that the experience of watching it now versus the 90s is probably a tiny bit different. It's just really fun to watch, not just ironically, but just to kind of talk about all the weird stuff in it, like the puppetry, the practicals, all that. So it's sitting at a solid B plus for me. Okay, so interesting, interesting. Because here's here's what I'm going to say. I had a blast watching this movie. But I also, I think, rate it very lowly. Yeah. And you guys have kind of dragged me up because I was hovering around the C+. Plus, but I think I'm going to give this one a B-. Okay. Um, because here's – and here, here is my short, pithy review of uh, Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. is it's like a day in full of mediocre sex. Okay? <sighs> Every round lasts about five minutes. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, I can go again. <laughs> Because that's what it is. There is, like, so little connective tissue. <laughs> no, I'm I just it. here for, like, okay, look, aggressive cartwheels. Look, split kicks. Look, <laughs> well, cheesy rubber skull. Yeah. I won't and, lie. I'm here I think for what would have saved, made this movie a lot better is if they had been, if they had decided to go for the R rating. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. And that's something we definitely need to talk about 
the whole this is PG thirteen. Yep, we really need to talk. Okay, about cool. So let's go. Let's get right into it. Let's uh, kind of get like technical. Like, what are we like really into? What are like just like the filmmaking aspects of it is what it is. And the first thing I want to say is I fucking love the sets so much. Yeah, there is so I much like very. Uh, there is so much very obvious like budget <laughs> sculpture, like Disney haunted yeah. mansion. Like you yeah, can they're tell, all yeah. foam. They're foam. <laughs> The Out- you can tell set, everything. I looked this up on on IMDb, which may or may not be true because it's IMDb and anybody just goes in and puts that stuff down. Anybody's game. But uh, according to IMDb, the Outworld sets are all just foam. <laughs> oh yeah, I believe it. It's, like j- you can see it. <laughs> like I spray painted like, foam. You can see it. <laughs> I know, and you can tell kind of from the texture, like especially like when they like pan over like the scary oh, shadowy yeah. faces of the statues. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, Kitty <laughs> texture. Just too shiny to be real. No. Like, freshly yeah. painted. <laughs> like, uh, I, I love that aesthetic. Like, you know what film what? this really reminds me of? That I think, like, actually what's probably, like, a better version of this film is Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this yeah. is this is the B, this is, like, the B movie to yeah. that B movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It's so uh, Also, shocking. it's a B movie to Enter the Dragon. Yeah, very much so. Yes. Also that. Thank you, IMDb, um, for that one as well. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, this movie. I don't know much of like behind the production outside of IMDb, but uh, I just love this movie. I I I'd like to point out that I literally watched this movie twice today, <laughs> once to just enjoy it, and once to actually pay attention to it. No, oh, that's fair. Yeah, no. Um, oh, it's. It's such a ride, and I, I, I think that's one thing I really like about it, and I don't think this is, like, a technical, deliberate thing they did, considering it wasn't really, like, um, a consideration, I think, at the time, but no. this movie is so aggressively 90s. It's <laughs> got right. Like, oh, it's, it's got the... Sh- it's got the shitty, like, 90s Orientalism. Yeah. It's got the, like, re- it's got the, like, kind of deconstructed 80s action star yep. thing. Yep. It's got, yep. you know, the, the the kind of, like, pinnacle of, like, because, like, you know, you, you have the 70s, and that's, like, oh, everyone's just standing and shooting at people. Then you have the 80s where you've got, like, this one guy running around with a machine gun, and you got a couple, like, Kung Fu movies coming out there. And then you got the 90s where, like, they kind of perfected, like, wireworks, dumb, bad stunts. <laughs> right. And so, like, you've got yeah. so many people who, like, you, you have that, just like, generation of stuntmen who just know how to do flips and sp- <laughs> cartwheels. So many aggressive cartwheels. Yeah. It's so I know. <laughs> it's, it's so, so a lot of that's like, also, like, related to the games and stuff, too, some of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I noticed like, they it's, threw it's, in some of the moves from the games in there and everything. Oh, they actually yeah, it's had absolutely... to. <laughs> they had to I'm go sure. back and They're... do reshoots at one point because when they tested it in front of audiences, the audience's main comment about it was that there were not enough fight scenes. And that they didn't <laughs> <laughs> How they... 90s is that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, just kind of like straight up 90s. I don't. For me, one of the things that I find just exciting and hilarious at the same time is their sincere push to have a soundtrack that is all EDM. All oh EDM. my fucking god, yes. The soundtrack is uh, the Amazing. soundtrack is a jar or like a it's a can of Red Bull for your ears. That's what it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that, that I could is not just... have perfect be- put it perfectly better myself. that is the thing i will say like the soundtrack is great in a terrible kind of way yes (laughs) because like here's the thing if you took away the soundtrack this movie would be garbage yeah yeah pretty absolute garbage because like here's the thing i don't know i don't know i i think i i think christopher lambert would save a lot of it but every scene he is in would have been great but the rest no Oh no, that's the other super '90s thing I love—the fucking rotoscoped, hand-drawn effects. Um, oh yeah, oh, the lightning, the oh, map. Yes, I love too. that. Yeah. Oh. That was great. And then they do it in the same scene where there's CGI. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you couldn't spring to keep it all in the same vein of special effects. No, it's 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 so. Oh, but then again, it's '90s CGI. That that was prohibitively expensive. That even that, in like that reptile was. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
so, so heinously bad. They also couldn't spring for more of a CGI budget because they were paying Christopher Lambert so much money to be present on set. And yeah. <laughs> uh, thankfully, in exchange for that, he actually paid for the full cast to have a party after yeah, the, rap party. the set wrapped. Yeah. So. And I think he went out to do, like, some of the, like, the pan shots and stuff. He did that stuff for free, supposedly. He did oh, actually do oh. that. Um, they told him that it was going to be too much to have him come to Thailand with them. And he yeah. was like, this is stupid. I'm obviously going with you and paying for this myself. <laughs> so <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Oh, actually, nice. that is that is, that is a fun thing. Yeah, Steve, have you seen that commercial with Christopher Lambert Which for one? Mortal Kombat 11? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, so so there's this guy playing Mortal Kombat against his friend, and his friend is playing Raiden. He's like, and the, he just keeps kicking his ass. It's like, how are you so good at this? And it pans up, and it's Christopher Lambert, and he says, "This guy and me, we go back." <laughs> it's so good. Like, it, 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 here's the thing. Like, I, you can say what you want about the performance. It's very cheesy and kind of odd, but oh, he, he seems to be I, having a knows. great time. He he knows it's a dumb schlocky movie, and he's playing to it. He just seems to be excited to be there and to get to walk around in like essentially white bathrobes for a full shoot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I get really paid a appreciate. ton of money to <sighs> so much. Money I, I actually have in the notes like he looks nothing like he did in the game. No, no, he <laughs> except doesn't. for when he first appears with the hat. That's it. It's also just really funny because like. He, he he kind of fits with like maybe a little bit of what you're trying to do in the first couple of games, where it's like ah Lord Raiden the Protector and blah blah blah, and then you get to like the later games and the story goes crazy and Raiden is like this genocidal oh, I fucked everything oh, yeah. up so I need to kill everyone with time travel <laughs> so that I can have my friends back and they don't know that I'm a genocidal maniac or something whatever dumb oh, shit it to is. Mortal Kombat 11 then. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I I saw I was like ah oh, Mortal Kombat 11 this is gonna be fun and then I see like all the plots I'm just like. Holy shit, Mortal Kombat went off the fucking rails. <laughs> Jesus fuck. This is why I tried to design a fighting game RPG, man. This is oh. why, I mean, like, Jess, you have no idea. Fighting games are crazy. Their oh, plots I, I are amazing them. and I love them. I do. I do. I do. Like, Tekken? If you've ever played any of the oh, Tekken I, games. I know how crazy Tekken is. Let's. Did they ever make a Tekken movie? They should make yes. a fucking Tekken movie. Okay, we need to do the Tekken movie. Okay? Okay? Yeah, promise? we're, de- we're doing the Tekken promise? movie. Oh, definitely we are. I promise. Okay, so, but I think we're kind of moving on to performances now, and I think that's something to do. And I'm going to open with a really weird statement. Okay. Yeah. Because this this is my life now, is I'm just like, Robin Shu is really pretty, mm-hmm. and I think he would have a very graceful transition. That's all I can see. This is what being trans well, does here. Like, I literally I'm, have down that he has beautiful hair. He yeah, has beautiful, no, like, shiny, shiny hair. And like, and he has like such a cute smile. It's just like, yeah. oh, like you would. Mm. Robin show his goals, and I don't know how to feel about Aww. that. It's really weird. <laughs> Literally, okay. right here, Liu Kang has great hair. Mm-hmm. In my three pages of notes that I somehow managed to take on Mortal Kombat the movie. <sighs> no, it's great, but like. He's having fun. Like he's just playing like your typical wander the earth kung fu guy, and yeah, he's but just he's kind doing of a that. wiseacre too. Like I really like the fact that he has all these wisecracks against Johnny Cage at the beginning, like throwing <laughs> yeah. the yeah. suitcase off the dock. <laughs> that was really great. <laughs> that was great. I just love the open arms, like, yeah, what you gonna do? But, like, he just has the best shit-eating grin. And, like, yeah. it's not like shit- it's not like shit-eating grin, like, it's like, <laughs> you fuck. It's more like, nah, what you gonna do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's somehow it's like that, he's done something that... that's very mean, but yeah. it, it, he's been justified in being retaliatory about it, and he's just, yeah. like, he's somehow good-natured about it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to describe. And it actually, they've really... In the games, they really transformed his character to be more like that. Mm-hmm. And I will say I'd a like single to point disappointment. Out that they love this movie over at Netherrealm. Oh, oh yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, I'm gonna make Ed one. Boone literally, voice Scorpion in it. The creator oh. of Mortal Kombat is the voice of Scorpion. I didn't know that. Mm. Oh, that's neat. I will say. Why this, do you think though? it says special thanks to Ed Boon? I oh. I didn't know. I don't know who Ed Boon. I didn't know who Ed Boon was before. Today. Huh. Yeah, he's one of the creators of Mortal Kombat. In fact, that's how apparently Sonya got her name because he has a sister that named Sonya. Now, again, that, that came that part came 
from uh, IMDb, so <laughs> who knows it if it's true, but that's what they claim. We'll I'm take it. no expert, but... Like, in Mortal Kombat 11, there's an arena stage, and the only, it's the only time they have separate music from the rest of the game, and it's the Mortal Kombat theme song. It's like a reworking of it. It's really oh, great. okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like I will reference say... the $500 sunglasses, even. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say there is a single disappointment I think with Liu Kang's performance and what is was just that? there's no flying bicycle kick. What? Yeah, there were. Yes, oh, there no, was. No, 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 no. was there? Yes. I don't remember. Yeah, How in the fight with this? Reptile. Yeah. I don't think I really caught like maybe I just huh. missed it then. They shot it from a very weird angle. They're huge fans of tilt pans, so it's odd. But also shot. this movie only came out really after that got put in the game. Oh like, yeah. That's a move from Mortal Kombat 2. And there's a lot of this. It's the this movie is like the plot of Mortal Kombat One, right? With elements from Mortal Kombat Two thrown in, and the bicycle kicks are one of those. And yeah. Okay. Um. What do we think about Lyndon Ashby as Johnny Cage? I love him. I, I thought he I was. Kind of think they should have just gotten Nicolas Cage to to be to like go to Monty. Like if we're gonna be really honest, I think Nicolas Cage could have absolutely blown this role out of the water. Like we're talking about raising this role to the level of I think the same Perfection, performances yeah. that we get in Big Trouble in Little China. Um, hmm. but I think Lyndon Ashby does a pretty okay job. Apparently, the screenwriter got really, really angry at him for improving a lot of his lines. So most <laughs> of those really like smart wisecracks that he made, that's all Ashby. Really? That's not the screenwriter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I like that a lot then. Yeah. Um, I will say I love the his strategy versus Scorpion is the same strategy as the little girl in Jurassic Park too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I need to make that comment. Um yeah. also like honestly I'm not gonna lie, I kinda want Van Damme for the role. Oh they yeah. tried those apparently. They but mm. he was in Street Fighter and that f- tanked so hard. <laughs> That I think people yeah. could taste it, so they probably didn't want to have him on a project like this. I thought he was filming it at the, around the same time, because didn't these come out around the same time? It's kind know. of the That's dueling banjo scenario. IMDb, but Street I don't know. Fighter came out the year before. So that he might have been still working on it while they were filming this. Yeah. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, though, like, wasn't the original Johnny Cage, like, the mocap and stuff, wasn't, didn't they want him for that, or they were, like, at least basing it off uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme? I believe it was based off of JCVD. But... Yeah, it, it was. But it, yeah. I don't think they could have ever gotten him to do a video game. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think, like, yeah, but yeah, no, like, Lyndon Ashby, he's, he's good in the role, I just feel like the character is a little weird. In the like, I feel like he's almost forgettable, but no, he actually does a lot of good work in it, and yeah. it's this kind of weird separation to make. Um, but yeah. a role that absolutely killed it oh, is yes. Kari Hiroyuki Taugawa as yeah. Shang Tsung. Oh, yes, oh, your yeah. soul oh, is, mine, is mine, and it is the greatest thing. Like, there are few people who can chew scenery like that, and good lord, and he is one, you know, he's just having so much fun with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, and the, the way he twists up his face, yes. it's like, it's so expressive and mm-hmm. lovely. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I think he was the absolute right person to choose for this role. And Steve, you told us before we started recording that part of the reason why they chose him was because he walked into the casting session in full costume. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I read. <laughs> and it's just again, you know, it's the internet take it with a grain of salt but it's it probably sounds like true. something he would do it honestly does <laughs> honestly like what i'm picturing and i know this is probably not accurate in any way but i'm picturing him just like going like up to like the the building for like the casting audition and just being in character the entire time from oh, like when he leaves his house to when he goes home it's <laughs> just like method. out of my way mortal <laughs> <laughs> not even method so much as just larping larping <laughs> Yeah, I like this. I like this vision. Yeah, I like it too. I, 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 speaking of that, with him, he did the best he could with some of those like references. Oh, he tried the so references. hard to make them feel natural. 
Like, oh, flawless victory. <laughs> Finish <Yeah>. him. <laughs> no, the finish him I didn't mind, but it's the uh, the fatality and the uh, flawless victory ones got a little. Some of them were really hard to to like appreciate because yeah. like they were they went beyond so bad it's good and back to so oh. bad it's bad. <laughs> and uh, how do we feel about Bridget William Wilson Sampras? Sampras is that how you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sonya Blade. I liked her in the first part. Um, yeah, the movie kind of does her dirty a little it bit. It does, yeah. yeah. I mean, she does a good job in the fight against Kano. So. Kano. Kano. Kano? Kano. Kano. Kano? Like, Kane, like something you walk with. <laughs> did I say Kano? Yes, yes, you did. did. That sounds like a brand of spam. Which That's could terrible. be for me given because <laughs> so they bad. pretty much replace anything with a C with a K in Mortal Kombat. So yeah. okay. they did also they did also just call him Raiden in this movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. literal R A Y D E N. Uh, we, yeah, we, we, I we noticed that. Because <laughs> uh, I always put on the subtitles just so I can catch little things yeah. when I watch, and <laughs> just seeing that was great. Mm, absolutely but no she like she's okay it's just like the script doesn't give her much to do no it but doesn't. i will say i love how when shang Tsung kidnaps her his first priority is to give her 80s hair uh yes. yeah well that's actually a reference like, to, to mortal kombat too to again. tease out her hair her hair was massive <laughs> in that scene um, <laughs> again that's that. actually a reference to mortal kombat 2 that's from shang Tsung's stage in mortal kombat 2 thank oh, you wow. internet Cool, um, but one thing I, one thing I actually really like, and this this is just like a production design goof, I guess, really. But first of all, like I love the whole like turtleneck tactical gear she's got on at the beginning. Yeah. Oh yeah. When gets, but when she gets into her first fight, uh-huh. um, I love how she you know made sure to pack um, her black cut off jorts. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> It's just like I'm just saying. It's like okay, wait. So like, where did you get the outfit? And like, are those jorts? Are those black jorts? <laughs> those black cut maybe off like jorts? she t- she took the pants that she was wearing and just cut them because it was too hot. I get that, but mm, no, because I... she was wearing like very like much tighter pants at the beginning. Uh, like it was, it, it's it's just an outfitting thing. I don't think they were thinking too hard about it, but it's just like yeah, no, they weren't. So so she brought black cut off jorts. To Outworld. Hey, that's a look. I know. Oh. The best. This movie is full of the, that sort of dumb stuff. Oh, can I just say how much I love the fucking ship? It's like, ah, big oh, yeah. Chinese boat with dragon prow. Yeah, it's yeah. very Disney-fied, very oh, theme parky. It's, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah. It is. Kitana, Talisa uh, Soto So interestingly Kitana, about her, not... hold on, before we go on to okay. Kitana, no, sure, uh, sure. something that, again, I read online, apparently she did her own stunts. She did. Woo! She broke Good a rib her. or two. Granted, she didn't have a ton. Let's be fair. Yeah, she didn't have this a lot. This is fair. But I, I, I'll still commend that. Yeah. But yeah, Talisa Soto as Kitana kind of doesn't do anything. She's pretty, goals really, but she doesn't do anything. Let's be real about that. Yeah, that's Which is, true. I agree. Her act, the acting isn't very good, but I think she's a much better. And to get into some of the nineties of it, I think she's a better character as a female in a way for a woman. In that well, she's he, he, more in control of herself. Yeah, like she's well, more he, in control of the situation than than, than Sonya ever she's is. She's kind of a trope, though. Yeah, but she's also like the exotic trader princess, and yeah. there's yeah. tropes there and stuff. But here's the yeah. thing: I I don't I I want to push back a little bit briefly though, because I don't want to necessarily condemn her acting choices or anything, no. because I feel like it works. It's just that the script gives her literally nothing to work with. Yeah. Yep. And so like her whole thing is that whole kind of like implacable, mysterious exposition destiny girl thing. Yeah. And she yeah. does that pretty well, and she's pretty, yeah. and that's I guess really all you literally can ask of her. Yeah, yeah, she does what she, she can. She basically was forced in there. Like, I feel like the character was kind of forced in there. And if I remember my Mortal Kombat right, she wasn't even in the first game. Oh. Oh, wait. No, that makes sense. Yeah, that's right. I think and then, I could be wrong. No, well, I think you're con- right. Let's Google it. Just to confirm. 
I don't want to tell you wrong information. Mm, using the power of Google. Um, let's see here. Um, I believe... Yep, debuting characters. Kitana, Mortal Kombat 2. Oh, okay. So cool. she literally played no role in the plot of the, fir of the first game, which this movie is trying to emulate. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. So kind of... Yeah shoehorned her in there yeah actually no i will say one thing i do love how like she has to be really fucking like insistent and repetitive with the advice and the cryptic metaphor bullshit oh my god <laughs> yeah because i and i i think it's a fun read just because like you can kind of read it as Liu kang's just kind of thick it's like use the element that brings life what okay fighting ah use the element that brings life oh, <laughs> oh i totally read it that way uh, trevor goddard is kind of okay as kano like there's there's not much there yeah i mean he's giving I us pirate aussie he's, like, he's fun he's having yeah, he a blast he's fun. with that oh accent. yeah that's what see to me that's my favorite thing is when when you can tell actors are just having like a blast with this and yeah. literally don't care uh-huh like that whole scene with him talking to goro is just and he, i do think he puts little touches onto it like when sh like the twitching eye when shang song threatens to blind yeah. him was yeah. kind of nice that was a nice little touch like yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm pretty sure my eye would twitch too if you threatened to pluck it out. So. <laughs> yeah, little definitely. things like that. We should talk about Goro though. Oh, we will talk about Goro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, real fast though, just um, to go back to Kano for a second, I love yeah. the prosthetic because it's very oh, yeah. bad. It's yes, so it's bad. it's so terrible. <laughs> it's and it's really funny because this is in like a post Terminator world. Yeah, it is. But it's like, oh, it's 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 really bad. Actually, it is. Wait, I what think year that's was what T2? makes it poppy and fun. When was T two? Was that ninety eight? Nineteen ninety one. So there's oh. no fucking excuse. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. No. Budget. Budget. To be fair. Yeah. Budget. But it's just so funny how it doesn't match his eye placement at all. <laughs> it's just I mean, so goofy. I really yeah. like that. About it, and I, I just want it to say one of my exactly favorite like moments. The one in the game, though, I won't. Yeah, deny that. No, well, the <laughs> thing is, like the original games, the way they're photographed, like theirs are done in such a fucking budget, and the only reason they work is because they're so low resolution. Can you imagine for a second Mortal Kombat One HD? Oh, oh my god, yes, I want that. You can oh. you can see it in your head, and it's like an abomination. Ouch! Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. No, but like I just I I also want to share one of my favorite moments. Okay. Uh, because I tweeted about this. Because he pulls out a goddamn mall knife! <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's like this, like, dagger with, like, these twisty bits and these cutouts from it, and this really dumb hand is like, this killed your partner. And I'm just like, oh my god, I've seen, like, that knife at the mall. <laughs> it's in, like, the zombie collection next to the one that's got a scorpion stinger on the end of the pommel. Oh, it's like, Stop. it is, like, that knife definitely only cost $10. Oh, totally. It's so oh. great. I love it. I almost wanted them to pull it out and say, That's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. Um, and I'm, I'm, before we get to Goro, I'm going yeah. down through the IMDb yeah. here and according to the roles. And, like, I don't know what to really say or think about. Um, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Fantastic stunt work, but not really anything in the way of character acting. Yeah. Yeah, there is, except for the fact that Ed Boon is Scorpion. I mean, that's a nice little, the voice of Scorpion. Well, that's the thing, though. He, really he's, nice he's the voice. Show. He's not the, he's the yeah. voice. He's not the performance. The performance is um, Chris Kasamasa. You're yeah. right. And Sub-Zero is uh, Francois Petit. <laughs> yeah. Is his name Francois Little? That's cute. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's very cute. They have great screen presence, and they like, do. I love them. It's just a shame because, like, as characters, they are basically golems. Yeah, I mean, they have no character development apart the from only their thing fighting we styles. Get about their the only thing we get about their characters is that they were once great enemies, which is true. Oh, yeah, that's true. We get that little throwaway line, yeah. which is a ref which becomes a huge thing in the games. Mm -hmm. I, 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 do, I do like how, um, in my brain, one of the greatest, like, references to Sub-Zero and to thing is just um, Malcolm in the Middle with Hal. It's like, you don't beat Mortal Kombat. No 
nobody beats Sub Zero. <laughs> yes, it's so good. So um, yeah, sure. So um, the voice of Goro is Kevin Michael Richardson, which is lovely. Just <laughs> really fun performance there. But I, yeah. this is pro- I think this is probably the single most expensive piece of the film, besides maybe oh, yeah. you know Christopher Lambert. <laughs> is yeah. just I. I don't know if it was ILM or Studio ADI. I'm leaning towards Studio ADI, but I've seen some behind-the-scenes footage of the rig they made for Goro, and it's really incredible work. Oh, it's great. Like, here's the thing. Like, it moves a little awkwardly, and the timing's a little weird, and it's a little slow, but it is a full mechanical rig with a rubber suit that's painted on top. Yeah. Yeah, No, there's a person standing there with, like... With, like, a second set of arms and an animatronic head on top of his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. You'll actually I notice his upper his upper arms move much slower and more cumbersomely than his arms yeah. down than his. Which is why that arms. one when he does the fatality on the made up character that they added in mm-hmm. for Goro to, literally for Goro to kill. Whoa! I just knocked my headphones off. You good? But uh, <laughs> when he takes the the upper arm and slams down, it looks so bad. It does. It looked like he tapped him, and then the guy died. Yeah, I kind of did. I won't lie. (laughs) I literally wrote in my notes. So if you've played Mortal Kombat, you know, when you win the fight, and it says, finish him. And if you screw up entering the fatality, and then you just do, like, one, like, little jab at the end, and then then you end it, that's what it looked like. (laughs) That is indeed what it looked like. And in yeah. that fight also, I also wrote, like, that fight is the most video gaming this one got. I feel this movie got. Because I felt like when they're all cheering for Art, yeah, go, duck, get out of the way, get out of the way. I felt like they were the kids behind you at the arcade. Like, no, 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 block, block. You know? Yeah. <laughs> hit him with That's the, a really good hit point. Hit him with the beam. Hit him. You know, punch him, punch him! That sort no, of thing. That's a really good point. I think it is, to a certain extent, recreating the experience of playing the game for people, like, via the film. And that's also... That was part of what these test audiences were really interested in seeing. So, it doesn't surprise me. It's kind of a neat little detail. But yeah, Goro that's just is how it felt to insane. Me. Like, it's insanely yeah. cool how they made this puppet, I guess you would call him. But he's it's he's a, a million-dollar puppet. So yeah. Essentially. Um, so the way they did it, from what I remember, and please, like, audience, please yell at me on Twitter if I'm getting this wrong. But it was actually a motion-controlled rig. So you had the actor wearing it above their shoulders, and I believe doing the primary arms. And then you had another operator behind, somewhere off-screen, off-camera, wearing, like, these arm rigs that would capture his arm movements. And then doing the acting for the arms, for the upper arms. And also, I think the head but also the head i think would be if i'm understanding correctly it would be doing the men in black style of things where all the dialogue would be pre-recorded and all the facial animations would be pre-programmed so there's three layers of animation and acting all coming together to make this performance work wow and, I, I and like it. we've gotten so much more sophisticated since then but this is still an absolute accomplishment in filmmaking yeah i mean it's and remarkable it and honestly some of the stuff that we do now i don't think holds a candle to it I think it like just no, how it stuff. feels on screen. Can I'm I also always say, a fan of practical? Oh yeah, a I huge do fan also want to say this, and mm-hmm. this is a weird and specific note that I'm <laughs> probably the only person who's gonna make. Mm-hmm. But his motion is a little weird because of like the slowness of the actuation of yeah. uh, the stuff. But it reminds me of like early Harryhausen. Uh, okay, all right, so. You were not the only person to think that. I am so glad that I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like that weird slowness. So it's like, you know, like the Kraken. Like, because wh- it reminds thing, it's me not... of Polyphemus, the Cyclops um, from one of the Harryhausen movies, too. Yeah, because this, this is the thing specifically that it's reminding me of is not Harryhausen as a general rule. Because Harryhausen can make things move very quickly and very naturally. See, you know, the skeleton fight in Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. But it reminds me of when Harryhausen wants to make a creature feel big and cumbersome. Yes, yeah, totally. And it's really weird to see that because it has the quality. Like, Goro does not look like a creature. It does not look like something naturalistic that's living and breathing flesh. He looks like a puppet. Mm-hmm. And he moves yeah. like an animatronic. Yeah. So when something about the performance, and I don't know whether it's like the kind of granularity of the actuators or the servos 
or you know, or if they like very deliberately paced how he moved like that. But he moves like a like a Harryhausen monster, and it's the most wonderful and charming thing. Yeah, I just love that about Goro. Yeah, I, I I like I really liked Goro a lot. In this. Yeah, he's great. I also just I like how he has a special chair. Oh yeah, like, you notice that he he had a special yeah. chair that he could rest all chair. his arms on. Yeah, yeah. They actually have that in, in, like, in the crypt portion on Mortal Kombat 11. You literally go to Goro's lair, and it's got the chair, and then it's got the, like, a table. It's got, uh, it's got Goro, like, dead in the throne. And then you've got, um, the skeleton of Kano at the table with a chicken, with a chicken leg in his hand. Oh, that's so good. That's That's so good. Um, I told you but, they love this movie. They love calling I it out. I can see why. Clearly. Um, th- there's also something else I'm going to point out about yeah. Goro. Is, uh, yep. You'll notice actually a filmmaking limitation around him is his body has to stay upright at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's how you can tell it's a man under there because if he leans over, he will fall and then he will break a million dollar puppet. Uh, but like, I, 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 after this, I'm just gonna like go YouTube some behind the scenes stuff because it's so. I love like, that. Stuff. I love it when they try to do shit like this. Yeah, it's I great. I wish people would do more practicals because, not just because I like the aesthetics of the practicals, I love the process and hearing yeah. how people do this stuff. It's really artful and cool. Yeah, and like that's not to say like CGI can't be good, but like no. But there's, there's something just something like so charming and like yeah. so like the for me it's the physical presence and the way it interacts with the actors around them. Like yeah, I think it brings is, more out of the actors. That is definitely something to be said for thing cuz here's the thing um I do feel like there's this slightly like overcompensating movement where people are like no bring back practical effects practical effects are the best they're like they're my childhood this or where everything yeah. was done. and like they're always better than CGI but one of the things that we realize like I, I feel like that's very reductive mm. to say because yeah, CGI can do it things is. that practical cannot and when people think of CGI and especially how it replaces or supplants practical effects they don't necessarily have, I think, like a good holistic framework on how to look at these things. Yeah. Because when they're thinking of CGI, they're thinking of bad CGI. In particular, you go back to the 90s and Jurassic Park, I believe two-thirds of the dinosaurs are completely CGI. Yeah. But because right. they're done the with restraint and they're well-designed. Right. And they're over a practical well, frame, I believe. Um, No, there's some like holy anime. So I'll... Okay. We'll do Jurassic Park someday. But actually, no, the most fascinating thing, I will say this, and I will repeat this in the Jurassic Park episode, um, but Phil Tippett and his team, the way they animated them was they actually designed a stop-motion armature that would measure the position of all the limbs, and they animated the dinosaurs in stop-motion and recorded wow. all the data digitally to transmit to a 3D model. Whoa. It's the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. That's, that's really cool. crazy. Like, that's Yeah, um, I think I got that from, I think... Um, Adam, uh, it was I think. Adam Savage, wasn't it? It was Adam. Adam yes. Savage. I, my, my brain just tumbled over the word. I'm just like, Adam Danger? That's not right. Adam Danger. No. That's what I'm calling that him That sounds now. like an awesome... I'm stealing that now for D&D. My character will now Do be it. named Adam Danger. That's All right, brilliant. cool. Thanks, Adam. No, but like Adam Savage's, I believe, toured Phil Tippett's workshop or something. Yeah, And like has. I saw that and they talked about it. And it was so fucking cool. It is. Oh, That's no, really but cool. like... Okay, enough about Jurassic Park, but like, <laughs> it's. I mean, I could talk about that movie all day too, but. I'm oh right, right, no. I was, I was talking about practical about. effects and so on. I was talking yeah. about practical effects, um, but yes. that is absolutely one of the things is when an actor can react to a thing in a space. But also, there are ways to make, to work with the actors, and let them react yeah. very well with CGI elements. I think a great example is John Favreau's Jungle Book. Mm. Yeah. Is like Still that's those are very believable. It's quite good. I think it's actually an improvement on the original because the original was not Disney's strongest. Let's be real. The 60s yep. were a rough time. Yep. Real rough. Yeah. yeah. But, um... No, and I, I think yeah, what it comes from... Disney himself, so... Yeah. 
Yeah. But, like, I think w- w- the problem comes when I think directors overestimate a- CGI or they don't treat it with due reverence and respect and they don't accommodate it. I think that's where you run into problems, where you have, you know, like this really careful and very considered application of CGI in Jurassic Park. And then you have George Lucas, yeah, just swing as hard as, like, as big as monsters as you want and we'll <laughs> add it in post. Oh, yeah. so- such a bad idea. I'm gonna hate, you're gonna y'all are gonna hate me for what I love the prequels. <gasps> well, I mean, we have complicated feelings about them. Come on, but I specifically <laughs> have complicated theaters. feelings about sand because of the prequels and how much <laughs> oh, yeah, well, and... <laughs> oh, I oh, they're horrible movies, but I I love oh, them. Yeah. I, I, oh yeah, I, love I think Menace. we all. Have I think a lot Phantom of Menace like is really that. good because a lot of the stuff is still practical. That... Look. It's probably. Pod racing fucks, okay? <laughs> Pod yeah. racing is awesome. It is. And but, yeah, I, I just was going are... to bring this back to the practical effects eventually. Let, yeah, let's, let's, yeah. Let's, let's go back to Mortal Kombat. Come yeah. on. Yeah, Mortal Kombat, please. <laughs> um... Before we go down the Star Wars hole. So one of the things that I thought we might want to talk about is the rating system and kind of like the reception of the movie at the time because <laughs> they had to jump through some hoops to not only get this movie produced, but to also ensure that it would be seen by the same audiences who are playing the video game. So, yeah. yeah. Like, um, you're referring to the fact that they couldn't show any humans dying on screen? (laughs) Yes! So they couldn't show any of the gore from the games on screen whatsoever, which is why they keep having to cut away. Even with Kano's death, you know, yada yada. It's also why we get creature death instead. Yeah. But interestingly, we don't get reptile death. No. Well... Well, no, we do. Well, we kind of do, but it's different. No, we don't really. It cuts away to, like, the uh, bugs and stuff, but that's about it. Yeah, but it is implied. It is, like, it's not shown on screen, but it is definitely contextualized and made very apparent. Yeah. Yeah. I also love that Reptile is like, instead of being a green ninja, he's a green ninja because he's a weird CGI chameleon that gets eaten by a corpse statue. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that made no sense, and I'm no. pretty sure that bears no relation to the game. I'm pretty sure you're right. Unfortunately, I'd never played as Reptile in any of the early games, so. I know he was originally just a green palette swap of Scorpion and Sub-Zero. So. I I really like that moment. It felt like a reverse chest burster, and I yeah. I was super into that. Like I, not a huge fan of bugs. Also, I love that fight. But it's just such a great moment too. It's a fun yeah, fight. The fight with, is with, good. with the like, a, with and the that's aggressive where the bicycle car- kicks are. By the way, yes, this yeah, is true. It's good. <laughs> no, um, fucking ah, uh, jeez. I you know what I really want to see. And this is, like, kind of spreading away from this movie. He's like, I want to see them take this exact same treatment and do it with, like, a modern Mortal Kombat movie. Because I want to see them, like, try and make noob Cybot work. You know? <laughs> I think there's rumors that they're making a new one. Yeah, I've I'd be heard into something it. about that. Like, yeah. here's what I will say. Um, do you guys remember that, like, Mortal Kombat, like, web series that got done a couple years ago? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, that was fun, like, the grim, the, the deep, dark and gritty version of it. And yeah. it's like... We don't need I, that. I, that's fun. <laughs> that, that, that may be, like, a like, fun TV show, but, like... Darkness, but I, never, I, like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like it as much as I like this one. There is something yeah. very campy about Mortal Kombat that runs through its veins entirely. Yeah. And, yeah like... Yeah. Like, taking it seriously doesn't work. It, it doesn't. And I mean, I don't think it's supposed to be taken seriously. It's deliberately ridiculous. And there's something that's so wonderful about that as a concept. So see, I'd love to see more of that. Mortal Kombat didn't take itself too seriously until it went on to, like, the PS2 era-ish. When they started doubling in 3D. And it didn't really do well. They tried to make okay. it dark and gritty and blah, blah, blah. It was not good. Mortal Kombat, Deadly Alliance, and Deception... Ugh. Anyway, yeah. but now they went back to 2D and stopped taking it to a 2D fighter and stopped taking itself seriously again, and it's amazing again. Like, there are... Uh, the newest one is... There are times when I was literally laughing out loud. Like, 
just could not stop laughing at some stuff. Quick question. So this was probably PG-13, right? I'm trying to find yeah, this. Yeah, it was PG-13. PG-13. I can't. Okay, because going back to that for a second, because I don't think we finished that discussion really, but yeah, we didn't. I think that honestly saves this movie because, oh, like, really, yeah. like I think I think the spirit of the spirit of what they would want to do would require like the R rating, but I don't think that the effects were really at that stage. Um, so like no. I think it would place so much more of a artistic and technical demand on this kind of prop work and stunt work that. Yeah. I really think it would take you out of the film. I think for the film that this is, being PG-13 is absolutely one of its saving graces because it allows them to lean so much more into that kitchen camp. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. I think that's a great and point. Like, I, I think especially like because none of the heroes die, um, to, and to include, and I think like, if that wasn't the case, especially considering how much stuff had to be shoehorned in this movie, like mm-hmm. saying flawless victory. And by the way, Liu Kang... That wasn't a flawless victory. You took hits, you dumb sack of shit. <laughs> I know. I think Johnny Kidd's the only one who really gets a flawless victory. Yeah. So, like, here's the thing, though. Like, if you di- if they, if it, it wasn't our rating and they had the capacity to put uh, fatalities in there, that means that you'd have to have heroes performing fatalities because, like, those would be the ones you'd recognize and those would be the ones that would make sense to have in the story. And then, like, you'd get to this point where, like, I don't think the heroes would be as sympathetic because nope. they basically be sociopaths. It's like, oh, here's yeah. Johnny Cage. He's like a washed-up actor. So it's like he just ripped that guy's throat open. Oh God. I also don't think it would have flown particularly well in you know like between 1993 and 1997. Just in general, oh, that, especially this would as not a movie that's well No, it no. would have been it would have been real bad. Like you would have had the Clintons giving a speech on it. There would have been a lot of stuff happening. So remember, we had a lot oh, of trouble no. with violence in video games. Oh like, yeah, everybody calling out violence in video games. Oh. It's a thing. But video games are ruining our our youth. If we had made a super violent movie about video game violence (laughs) where people got like their throats ripped down and stuff, yeah, we (laughs) would not have gotten more Mortal Kombat games. Oh, yeah, totally. Guys, I I just realized there is the worst alternate universe. Because there's an alternate universe, (laughs) if you think about things, where this this movie got made with an R rating, and that means that people were bitching about it in the political spectrum and they were trying to cancel, which means... That there is like an alternate universe out there where Bill Clinton introduced something like the Mortal Kombat bill, and then oh, Hillary no. campaign is just like, "I love Sub Zero. I'm just like your abuela." Oh God! Oh my God! <laughs> you know that's what the sad happens. part is. How accurate that is to how they were. <laughs> yeah. Horrifying. Uh, who are we kidding? Oh, she would have no. been. She would have been a Sonya Main fucking oh, cop. One hundred percent. One hundred. Nah, I don't know. I could see her maining Jade or somebody. Oh, yeah, that could be. That could be. Po- I think uh, she would have had to find a new catchphrase as opposed to Pokemon go to the polls. I think that would have been the toughest part. <laughs> like, you can't say fatality oh, about a campaign. That doesn't work. Uh, oh, I would. <laughs> a basket of Kano's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, yeah, no. That works. Hillary- Bill is that totally works. a Kano main. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> percent. Actually, I could kind of see Hillary being a Shang Tsung main. <laughs> yeah. Swallowing oh, souls. Oh, what have I done? I am. I am very sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry at all. Oh, but no. Like, can I just say, like, the most '90s fucking thing? I love the ending. Oh no, you haven't really won. Yeah. I, the villain, am here. Everyone turned into fighting pose. The music. <laughs> I'd have to do the punches again. I Steve, wish I, I, I could I, I, record me recording this right now because <laughs> you would be in stitches. Steve, I just want to go to a Phil Collins concert with you. <laughs> yes. Just I just watch you Collins. do the drums though. You kidding me? That's me at work all day when I listen to music. Hammering on the desk like Cuz I'm usually listening to J-Rock. Ah, Steve, you're a treasure. Quality. It's amazing. Or you can hear me literally like mouthing. You can literally see me mouthing at work, mouthing along to some random anime theme. 
Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Or listening so... to, like, Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Hell yes. Hell yes. Okay. I think there's one last thing I want to talk about here. What? Yeah. Because I don't think we've really gone into deep cuts because no. I don't think there are any. Do we? Like, this, no. is, this weirdly is, like, a philosophically bankrupt film. Oh, yeah, totally. In a way that's kind of great because what this movie is about is it is about Mortal Kombat. This movie, every single piece of its execution, every single piece of its design is just to make a Mortal Kombat film. It, this is a film that creatively does not exist in its own right. Yeah, that's no, it totally fair. Like, without it. the cultural context in which it exists, this film does not make sense. Without the games, this film does not make sense. There is not enough connective tissue between the fight scenes. There is not enough, like, no. it's just, it. without being an adaptation, this movie yeah. is absolutely garbage. And so, like, when I'm asking myself, because, like, this is something that I try to ask myself about films, is, like, what is this film about? What is this film trying to say? And what this film is about, at least in my estimation, is... This film is about fighting things. This film is about <laughs> kung fu movies. Like, this film is about bad martial arts. This, that's what this movie is. Like, uh, fucking Scorpion pulls Johnny Cage into hell, and they never explain it. <laughs> I know! I have that written down. And somehow Johnny Cage is a gymnast, and they never explain it. Or, there's yeah. little things, too. I literally wrote this down here. Uh, if you read the tabloid that he, that Chang Sung is reading when he's pretending to be Johnny Cage's mm-hmm. master, there's an article, Boy Shipped 12,000 Miles in a Cardboard Box. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also, so I, like, I love this universe where, like, Johnny Cage is being accused of being a fake martial artist. It's like, actor in action movies, not a real action hero. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's, it's amazing. It's, like, it's what it is. I mean, do you guys, like, agree with the point? Or, or like, do you when guys that think there is, guy... like, literally any substance to this film? Oh, I think no. any substance is going to end up being metatextual. Like, there are plenty of people oh, yeah, who have is. done reads of this movie to talk about essentially how the film is kind of a soup, right? It's a soup of, like, theme parky sets and send-ups to Mortal Kombat mixed in with sort of like a a teenage fever dream slash power fantasy. And that's a totally legitimate read. But beyond that, I just don't know that there's much philosophical depth to the film itself. The depth is about the viewing experience and what it's doing for the audience. Honestly, um, when when we first were talking about what to watch with me i was really hesitant to bring it up because there's no depth it it is a movie without real any real points it is 90s dis, early 90s distilled into a film <laughs> and pr- it's like the pre pokemon 90s in a nutshell and like huh how this movie is very much about being a love letter to Mortal Kombat and thus also being a love letter to Kung Fu action movies to, like, bad 80s action stars. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a bad, <laughs> The Chuck bat, like, of the world. <laughs> yep, frankly, the only thing it... Frankly, the only thing it is missing is to, like, just have Liu Kang's dialogue all be unsynced to his lips. That's the only thing it's missing. I mean, yeah. they even got Christopher Lambert. Well, originally they wanted Sean Connery. Yeah. And they tried to get him, oh. which I think is hilarious. Oh, no. I, could, oh, oh. This I can see it in my brain. I am the Lightning Lord. <laughs> it would have been so, so much worse. Like, like as kooky as Lambert's This wouldn't have been, like, in that level of so bad it's good. No, because here's the thing. I th- I think like uh, to to have Sean Connery in that role, I just feel like every line that he has in like the temple in Thailand, even though yeah. they say it's in China, we just end with damn old yeah. yeah, yikes. Well, and I I know that <gasps> oh. Lambert's performance is a little offbeat, shall we say? But I think that's part of what makes it so charming. Oh yeah, I th- there are so many times when I have Raiden, LOL, Raiden, LOL. Sarcastic Raiden is best Raiden. 
I mean, I'm not fighting you on that one, Steve. That weasel laugh that he does, too? Uh, yeah. Uh, Annie, you gotta hear me on this. That is so Seth Rollins. Oh, yeah. It is. It really is. I hadn't even thought of that. It seriously is, though. It sounds a lot like him. I know. And I, it was so great. I wonder if he watched this movie and like brought that into him a bit Maybe. with that laugh. Maybe. I'd assume <laughs> everybody in our generation has probably seen this at one point or another. Yeah. You can't not. Yeah. This is on TV. It used to be on TV all the time in the, in the early 2000s. This song played at every single sports game I ever went to. Test your mic. Your mic. I'm pretty for sure this played at a roller rink at some point. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Every roller rink ever. That oh. is... Oh my god, you literally sent me back to the 90s going to the yeah. roller rink with my friends, Stan right. and Chris. Uh, this movie has brought me so many fond memories, and yeah. I just I gotta keep gushing about it, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, That's I'm fair. there. That being said, though, I think we've kind of, like, talked about everything we want to talk about here, and I've I've just had a blast with this. This was Same. so much fun. Like, I'm so glad it, you it's had been a while. This. Like, we, we, we do, like, I think we do have a tendency on here to, like, do serious films and look oh, at, like, yeah. serious sociological consequence and trend yeah. and artistic interpretation. Like, we don't do enough just, like, dumb, fun, fuck-off movies. Yeah, it's And this true. is such it's a true. treasure and such a joy. So that's my new goal. Every time I'm here, I'm going to bring a dumb fuck-off movie. <laughs> okay. Steve is here to bring us happiness. Yes, yes. that okay is true. That. Steve, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. It has been an absolute blast. You're I just, welcome. I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm trying not to sing the theme again because that will be just be punishment on poor Annie in the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but, um, yeah. Yeah, any last thoughts you guys have about the movie that you want to get out before I close this out? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is the Please most important thought us. about this movie. This will leave you pondering for years. <laughs> so when they're doing the exhibition match between the monk and Sub-Zero, why does he keep kicking the air for no reason? He should attack him before he uses his icicle thing. <laughs> why does he do that? Okay, actually, no, I do want to go back. I love those extras. There's, they're, oh, they're, yeah. they're just... They're, they're the most extra extras. They are. They really And like really that, that are. is something that this film kind of lives and breathes on a little bit is this yeah. whole like, you know, this like performative not what a real martial artist would be impressed by oh, kung yeah. fu. Uh, yep. <laughs> like, you know, there's so many spinning kicks. There's no such thing as a spinning kick. The flying bicycle kick? Yeah. Or like there's actually a surprising number of jumping double kicks. Yeah, oh, yeah. there are. Or the split dick punch. Yes. I'm sorry. That, that would that's never so work in a real fight. Yeah, don't try that at that's home, so kids. Good. I, also, I, I love it now that it's good. canon that Goro has nuts that can be punched like that. And he freaks out over it. <laughs> Best Mortal Kombat <laughs> canon thing ever. Uh, also, that his nuts are apparently hard. Also, one uh, final thing. Annie, I think you'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Goro's entrance when he first makes his appearance goes to his first fight with the random new character that they added for this movie. How pro wrestling was that? So WWF. <laughs> so yes. WWF during the He 90s. comes out in a cape, he's got music, everybody's chanting for him. Yep. And like it's 90s pro wrestling theme in a nutshell. It is pitch perfect. I'm, the only thing it's missing is like the trail of fireworks either side of his entrance. <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh, I, yeah. I really want to see them make. I'm not gonna lie. I just really want to see them make another movie like this now, like with like modern technology. Modern technology, same budget, or like what's his name? Webull movies, except those aren't done well. No, no. those aren't this. done with love or passion. No, no. Kung Fury is a little bit close, but not eh, quite. No, it's bit. not like this. Not quite. Anyways. No, maybe some random Nicolas Cage movies <laughs> might get something like this out of it. Maybe. Some of like his more offbeat ones that he does every now and again. That'd be cool. Like okay. I don't know, like Mandy or something like something in the vein of like Mandy. Yeah. I think that would approach it at least. Okay. Alright, so ladies and gentlemen, this has been the movie Mark, your premier movie autopsy podcast. 
I've been your host, Jesse Whitmore. You guys can follow me on Twitch.tv and on Twitter at Quasinim. Annie, where can people find you and your lovely dog? People can find me on the Discord. I'm usually the person who's lurking around, reacting to other people's posts with emojis. So uh, come visit. We're always talking about movies or video games or TV shows or something. And it's a really friendly community. So yeah, come drop in. Steve, how about you? So basically, you can find me on Twitter at SteveDennis400. That's S-T-E-V-E, Dennis, like Dennis the Menace, 400. Or you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash sdennis400, where I'll probably be playing Mortal Kombat or building Gundam models, because that's how I roll. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to also help you out here, Steve, because you spelled yeah. out the easy part of your name, and you neglected to say if there's one or two N's in Dennis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Two N's, like Dennis the Menace. Okay fair fair just you know you, you spelled out steve and i'm just like yeah okay cool you're gonna go through the whole thing and then steve s-t-e-v-e dennis oh okay you're skipping over the part that's ambiguous cool 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 cool, <laughs> I'm, cool, cool. I, I'm not gonna lie i <laughs> do not know many people who pronounce it dennis that have only one n mm, that's fair good point yeah it's <laughs> like this is fair move. oh Denny i know for, for, for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, although that would make you sound very fancy when it's steve denis yeah, but it wouldn't be as it wouldn't be me. No, Gotta have the no, dentist. No. Oh yeah. Anyways, you guys can follow us on uh, Twitter at Movie Mork Cast. You can you guys can find us on Facebook at search for Movie Mork Podcast. We have a Discord. Links are in the show notes. Please join us and just cheer about Mortal Kombat with us, or you know yell at us for being fuckheads. That's cool too, I guess. Please but, sing you know, a song we can, with me. We, Yes, sing along. We will. With Steve, Steve will be in the Discord for the next week. Just hang out in the voice chat, and if you show up, he will serenade you. <laughs> yes, I will. This is a promise. <laughs> Even yeah. if I'm at work. <laughs> okay, not if I'm at work. Okay, I that will being get said, fired if um, I do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so come get Steve. It will fired. happen often. Please don't. <laughs> yes. Um, anyways, um, if you guys want to support the podcast, the absolute best thing you can do. Tell a friend about these fucking nerds and their fucking dumb movie opinions. Um, that aside, um, review us on iTunes, review us on Facebook, retweet our stuff, whatever. But thank you guys so much. And if you want to take it one step further and support us financially, we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash quasinim. That's Q-U-A-S-I-N-Y-M. Our intro music, as always, is... Annie, I don't think we can spring for the Mortal Kombat theme, can we? No, no, we don't have the budget for that. We blew it all on Steve. It's Trouble by Ipso Factibus. You can find a link to their EP of the same name uh, in the show notes. Thank you guys so much. We love you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.